Two dudes and a cage. We are back. UFC 284. We're your hosts. I'm Charles Clark. And I'm Matt Johnson. And we got another great night of fights for you. Oh, man, this car is going down. It's in Australia. There's a ton of Australian fighters. A couple of New Zealand fighters are on this card. Uh, there's a lot of cancellations and a lot of switch-ups on this card. Makes me kind of wonder what happened there. But we're going to talk about the people who are actually fighting. First up, we got Zabira Tukanov versus Els Brenner. Man, Zabira, man, he's got seven KOs, one sub, trains on American Kickboxing Academy. He's a Sambo master. He's been in the UFC since like 2014, but he took a little bit of break. He's kind of inactive, which worries me a little bit. Els Brenner's got one KO, 11 subs, and this is his UFC debut. Man, a lot of people know how those debut fighters do. They get the big light jitters. They don't perform as well. Some guys can't handle it. Some cannot. There's not a lot of information on some of these guys. So off, off of that pick, knowing that, I'm going with Zabira. What about you, Matt? You know, yeah, Brenner's 13-3, and three, and all his wins have been by submission. Uh, his losses have been by decision. <laughs> Zabara is he's really a point fighter. He grinds you out. He takes you down. Uh, it's it's interesting because he doesn't take risks and he'll let it go to the judges. But with you know Brenner submission, if you take him down, you could get submitted. However, I think Zabara is gonna be able to control the fight and I think it's going to be a 15 minute fight but I think he's going to get his hand raised so I too go Zabara nice. and then the next fight we got it, you know this is another debut fighter we got Shane Young versus Blake Builder uh, Shane Young's on a two fight skin and Blake Builder is making his debut he's a well rounded young fighter he has good grappling he's got good striking and young just he has a tendency to keep his head on that center line and it leaves him prone to those big shots i know we've said it before and never happens but i just i think that if builder can stay behind his jab and mix in his wrestling and his grappling i think he'll get his hand raised and shane young will go on a three fight skid what do you got Shane Young he is from City Kickboxing so he does train around a lot of good guys he's got six KOs four subs he's got quite a few finishes on his record um uh the guy he fought in the contender series he had him up against the cage and the guy was just like on the on the back of his cage trying to dodge shots and like just caught him with a left hook out of nowhere and like you said, it, it's because he wasn't really moving. He was just standing there trying to throw on him. And guy was just kind of timed it out and figured it out. Bam! And, uh, you know, uh, Blake's got one KO, four subs. He was the Cage Fury champ. He's undefeated as a professional and an amateur. Um, and, and watching Shane's previous performances and how he got knocked out before, I... I have a hard time picking him as well. Um, you know, I, I think, yeah, like you said, he's going to be on a three-fight skid, probably even be out of the UFC after that. Um, you know, before we go to the next fight, like what's tough is when these fighters fight in gyms that have a lot of champions, they tend, not all the time, but a lot of the time there's that few those few fighters that are in the UFC or in Bellator that kind of get put on the back burner and don't evolve as much. And I, I feel like Shane Young is one of those guys that he's just, his game isn't evolving enough to make him a viable contender. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That makes sense. I can, I can see that. Yeah. 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 
there's a there's a lot of guys that are city kickboxing on this card too. Yeah. So that and like yeah, like you said, they probably have a ton of fighters there, and he's yeah, it's not one of the bigger names, so he probably doesn't get a lot of attention. I can see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Full of little nuggets up here. Right, right. <laughs> I like it. I like it for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah. All right. After that, we got Loma. Lockbone versus Elise Reed. Loma, oh man, she is a straight Muay Thai fighter. She's looking to strike. She's coming in hard. It's a good stylistic matchup for Elise Reed. Elise Reed is a striker herself. Um, pretty sure she she did Taekwondo. She's Taekwondo black belt. Or did Taekwondo when she was younger. Um, I know that's not quite comparable to Muay Thai. But it is a good striking discipline to have. There's a lot of people with striking karate backgrounds that make it to the UFC these days. So, uh, uh, Elise Reed, I, she just doesn't, she just doesn't really impress me a lot. Um, she she's a great fighter, but sometimes I don't see that high of an IQ in her fights. Um, and it just kind of comes out and I wouldn't call her a brawler per se but she just comes out and just tries to strike I think if she tried to utilize like her pressure more push push someone back get them against the cage hold them uh, maybe even go for a takedown uh, it could play into her strengths a little bit better but she doesn't do that enough um, I think she's going to get into a primary striking match with Loma and Loma's gonna come out to Victor. Uh, she's she's got better striking, in my opinion. Ooh. So Loma is she is the two hundred a uh, minus two hundred favorite for this fight, but I think this would be a good one to take Elise Reed. Nice. Here's why: Elise, it's a straw weight. Elise Reed is normally a flyweight, so she's coming down. So she's gonna have a little more uh, strength, essentially. Not much. She's not much of a powerful striker. Or she's going to be drained. Or she's going to be drained, yes. It, it could go either way with the weight cuts. At least, especially going down, not so much up. Right. But since Loma's a pressure fighter, I can see Elise Reed using that and getting a trip and getting her taken down because she's got really impressive ground and pound. So I think that Reed's going to be able to get a takedown and get some control time. And both fighters tend to go the distance, so it's not going to be, you know, 13 minutes of war and then two minutes of hugging. But I think Reed's going to be able to use a little more grappling than Loma, and she's going to get a split decision win. Sweet, sweet. This next fight, this one was... Interesting, because it's uh, Jack Jenkins, who is a Contender Series alumni, versus Don Shanus. Yeah. And so Don Shanus is coming off of a submission loss to Yusuf, uh, Sadiq Yusuf, and Jack Jenkins is coming off of a Contender Series TKO. So Shanus isn't very good with... He's not horrible because obviously he's in the UFC, but he's coming off with issues of con taking the takedown and grappling defense. Little issue lately. And with that, Jenkins on paper is better grappler, better wrestler, and a little bit, I'd give him the striking edge as well. So with that, I'm going with Jack Jenkins. It's gonna get the victory. Yeah, uh, man, Jack Jenkins, another Australian guy, five KOs, three subs. Uh, this guy is known for his crazy low kicks. Like, uh, I, I can't, I can't remember if it's like his last three fights in a row, but he's broken the leg of the people he's kicked in like his last three fights or something like that. Uh, just, just from leg kicks, he's got super hard leg kicks. Plus, he also fractured some dude's jaw. Uh, so, like, that alone is like, man, this dude's a beast. Uh, Don, he's got eight KOs, two subs. He is a former Bellator fighter. 
He's also a Cage Titans vet. Um, Cage Titans is a pretty big league if you're not familiar with it. Um, so Don's no joke himself. Like like you said, though, he is coming off that loss. Uh, just those stats on Jack, the fights being in Australia, uh, makes me pick him. You know, I think he's going to... I think he needs to be careful, though, because he could try, you know, someone that has a good good game is going to be able to shut down his leg kicks eventually. Maybe not, you know, because they're so strong and even blocking the kicks. You know, I don't know, like, how the legs broke, because, but even, you know, he could have, like, dude could have blocked the kick and got his leg broken that way, yeah. you know. Um, but uh if all you're thinking about is leg kicks you can kind of throw your game off you know and then once you get a leg kick landed on you and it hurts that's all you can think about and you're like man i do not want to take another one of those shots what if i take another one of those what if i can't move right what if i can't get back up and then you get knocked out so uh you know i'm picking jack all the way in this one man i'm excited to see this fight uh excited to see what he does honestly yeah it's a good early prelim main event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so too. I, I like how I like how there there's a ton of Australian fighters on this car and New Zealand. I know it's it's weird. I know it's nowhere near Australia, but for some reason New Zealand is, has ties to Australia. I don't. They're they're basically lumped together all the time. I, At least in the UFC, they always lump New oh Zealand my. and Australia together. It is are they? They're not related, are they? Um, like, you know, like people from Australia went to New Zealand or something. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I. I'm not a geographer, but yeah, right, right. So, I I do want to say they're basically they're really close to each other. I thought New Zealand was like by Ireland and shit. Maybe not. Maybe I'm fucking. No, maybe I'm. Nah, New Zealand's definitely by Australia. Okay, so that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. I'm not a geographer either. If one of our subscribers are a geographer, comment below and teach us something. <laughs> anyway, let's go to the next fight before we make ourselves look even more dumber. All right. Jamie Malarkey versus Francisco Prado. I bet you're not going to like this one. Jamie Malarkey. Man, dude's got 10 KOs, 3 subs. He's a BJJ black belt. He's got 7 first round finishes. 87% finish rate. He's also from Australia. You know all them Australian fighters are going to be coming hard. But Prado has 5 KOs, 6 subs. This is his UFC debut. He has a 100% finish rate, and he's known as a Latin American prospect. So the last guy I said with a Latin American prospect and picked him ended up getting his ass kicked. But I don't know. I'm kind of feeling proud of for some reason. Um, I know Jamie Malarkey ain't no joke. He's coming to win. He's in Australia. Dude's, dude's a heavy hitter. Plus, he's got the submission ground if it goes to the ground. Uh, I don't think this is an easy fight for Prado by no means. But I can see Prado winning this fight, man. I really can. You know, Malarkey is 3-3 three and three in the UFC. Yeah. That, and yeah. Prado, it's his debut. He is 11-0. and 0, And I feel like this is a good winnable test for Prado. And Malarkey... Although he has, you know, good jiu-jitsu, he's more of a stand-and-bang fighter. Yeah. And I think that goes well for Prado and his grappling and wrestling abilities. But Prado's going to have a four-inch reach disadvantage. So if he can get inside and get it down, I think that his jiu-jitsu will be, you know, a little bit better than Malarkey. Uh, he does have a Von Flu choke on his record. Nice. So I, I could see Prado getting it done. However, I chose Malarkey because I think he's going to be able to keep the distance and he's going to be able to make it a brawl and not a 
technical fight, and I think Malarkey will get it done by decision. Nice. Yeah, that that reach is definitely something to to think about. And yeah, if if Malarkey can sucker him into just standing and banging with him, uh, he'll definitely win the fight. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I, I I don't I don't know. I think I think we could see one of those like Charlton Almeida type of things where he just runs at him and tries to take him down right away. And if he gets Malarkey down, he could be in trouble. Yep. There's a lot of fights on this card that it's like whose game plan is going to be better. Right. That's gonna who's that's who's gonna win. That's what I love about MMA too. Honestly, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Anybody can win, and it's whoever asserts their will is gonna end up the victor. This next fight is a very interesting one for the Australian Shannon Ross versus the Brazilian. Clayton Rodriguez. Shannon Ross is coming, making his debut off of a contender series loss. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I I don't remember if Clayton had another opponent that fell out and they just needed to fill him in. And that's it was why, quite a Yeah, I know there was a lot of fallouts. So, with that, Ross has got to keep the fight on the feet. He, his ground, you know, he's still young. He's 13 and 6, but Clayton, he's going to look for that takedown or that trip, and he's going to look for the submission. And I think it's a good matchup for both fighters to test. And I don't think if Ross loses, I don't think he'll fight in the UFC again until he gets a couple of wins on his record. Clayton is on a two-fight losing streak, mm-hmm. and I think if he loses, he won't get a third fight in, or another fight in the UFC until he gets a couple of wins. So it's very interesting. Um, I think Clayton's going to get his hand raised, though. Even though Shannon Ross has the more like fight experience, I think Clayton gets it done. Nice, nice. Man... Uh, this one was a tough one for me. Like you said, though, I thought it was so weird. Uh, Shannon Ross had lost in the Contender Series, but he still... I think he was another... I couldn't have him and the other guy confused. Uh, he was the guy who might have had the guy up, up up against the cage in Contender Series and was winning the fight. Like He had him up against back of the cage and just got caught and got knocked out. Yeah. Um, it could have been the same with the other guys, or I could have them too confused. Uh, but it, yeah, it is his USC debut. This dude comes to fight though. Uh, plus, plus it's in Australia as well. Like, like uh, always when they're fighting in their home country, like that last uh, UFC card that was in Britain, all the British fighters dominated. You know, um, it kind of happens. Like when you're in your home country, you get extra hype. And that's understandable. Clayson, man, I backed him last time in his USC debut. This dude is is a like they call him a, a prospect. Um, he is really young and inexperienced, like you said, though. Um, and maybe that's why he lost his USC debut. He just was, you know, the big light jitters, uh, like everybody knows. But I, I, I think Clayson's gonna get his hand raised in this one, and hopefully. Whichever one loses, will get one more shot on the UFC, but probably not. You know, there's so many fighters these days, and it seems like seems like people are getting cut a little bit quicker right now than normally. Um, yeah. Even guys that that have won, like there, I can't remember, but there was a guy who won his last fight and got cut. I'm like, damn. You know, like usually you win, you get to stay around for at least one more fight, you know, but yeah. they didn't sign to a new contract. So you never know. I think Clayson gets this one. Uh, yeah, he's, I, I think he I think he is a good prospect and, and he has someone to watch out for. Uh, I, I think they need to build him up a little bit. So hopefully they give him some good matchups to come. Man, this next fight. Josh, I can't say these names. Josh Cuablo versus Malik Bagdasanyan. 
Sorry, bro. I didn't get a chance to look up all these names. I apologize. I think it's Josh Meg Desarian. Meg Desarian? Yeah. Nice. Bag Desarian. Yeah. Hey. My guy. Thank you. Josh has five KOs. He's a BJJ purple belt. He's from Australia. He's coming hard. Lots of Australian fighters. I love it. Malisk. He's got five five KOs. He's a kickboxer, Muay Thai fighter. He's a uh, former K1 kickboxer, which is professional kickboxing. Plus, he is also a professional boxer. He only had like three boxing fights, something like that, though. But pro boxers are pro boxer. Uh, so he's got a lot of stand-up experience. Um, I think he's probably going to try and make this a striking fight. Josh, he's a BJJ purple belt. I couldn't find a whole lot of information on him. Australian fighter, he's not that well known in America yet. Um, I think Josh's game plan probably would not be to try and strike with the former pro kickboxer, former pro boxer, who's a known kickboxer Muay Thai fighter. He should probably try and take him down. If he does get him down, he could get a submission, but Josh doesn't have any submissions on his record. He's got five KOs himself, so that tells me Josh likes to strike as well. So, with that being said, it's probably going to be a striking match, and I'm going to have to pick Malisk in the win. It's funny, because the only loss that Milsic has on his record was via submission. (laughs) And, you know, Josh is a purple belt in BJJ, so... We know he's got the ability to yeah. submit. Yeah. And he's got the reach advantage. Purple belts are dangerous, bro. Yeah. Purple belts are good. You know, you gotta be good to get a purple belt. So with with the reach advantage, does he use that as oh, I'll just stay my distance and strike with him? But you know, when you're a fighting a kickboxer a boxer and a Muay Thai specialist striking it doesn't matter if you're far or close they're going to find their way Yeah. and I think if Josh does not try to get a takedown and try to get the upper hand and he tries to keep it a striking battle he's going to get he's going to lose so I too have uh, Milsic getting it done yeah. this one could be a toss up though because this one really could go either way Right. We know their strengths and their weaknesses. All right, this next fight. Oh, it's the the main event on the prelim. We have yeah. another hard name. We got Tyson Pedro versus Modestas Bukakis. <laughs> That's a fun one. Sorry. Yeah. Right. So last one, Bukakis. Tyson Pedro is the favorite. Uh, he's also a fan favorite. Yeah. He's uh, one half of the Shoey Bros. Right. With, uh, if you don't know who Tyson Pedro is, you ain't a UFC fan. Yeah. He's very exciting, and he's very balanced in his striking and grappling. Yeah. And if I remember right, him, Tai Tuivasa, and uh, Mark Hunt all trained together at one time and I'm pretty sure him and Tai Tuivasa are brother-in-laws and I didn't know that yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure because they're that's why they're called the shoey bros because they they win they do a shoey and uh, one of my teammates is starts to, is doing the shoey now oh really <laughs> yeah I'm like bro you are gross as fuck we're doing that but it's always like one of his family members or somebody like from one of his friends from like his table, you know. It's always you know somebody you know. At least it's somebody. You know. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, Modestus, this is his re-debut in the UFC. Mm. He he was one and three in his first stint, and he fought all strikers. Now he's coming back to re-debut, fighting a striker. So. If history repeats itself, Tyson Pedro is gonna he's gonna get it done. He's the results gonna be the same. Hand raised, chewy, celebration, 
Tyson Pedro for the victory. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I just, yeah, Tyson Pedro is extremely popular. He's well-versed. 4KO is five subs. I like how he's a BJJ black belt. He's a Japanese jiu-jitsu black belt. He's a Kempo black belt, which is a form of karate. Uh, I think there's something else mixed in. There's like throws or something mixed in Kempo or something like that. I can't remember. He trains at City Kickboxing, too. Heavy hitter. Ton of City Kickboxing guys on his car. <laughs> Modestus, nine KOs, two subs. Uh, he was the Cage Warrior champion. He, I think, I think it was vacant, but he just became the Cage Warrior champion. Like you said, previous UFC fights, he got released from the UFC, went and won the Cage Warrior champ belt, and now he's back in the UFC. Um, but like, yeah, like you said, it'll probably be a striking match. They're probably gonna ball brawl. Tyson's probably gonna get an early knockout, and uh, um. That's just what I see coming. I'm I'm calling first round knockout by Pedro, if not early second round. Did you look up Kempo? I did not. I was looking up Pedro to make sure my oh. facts that I was dropping were right, and I was. I was right. Woo woo. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Kempo yeah. karate. You don't hear that much. Right. Uh, Chuck Liddell. Yep. Kempo. Other than that, I don't really know anybody else who did Kempo. Yeah, another fun fact, Tyson Pedro's father was the founder of the King Fight Cage in Australia. Nice. Yeah. MMA runs deep. Right. It's crazy. Interesting. Maybe that's how he even got into MMA, because of his dad. Yeah. I mean, he was named after Mike Tyson, which it's crazy. A lot of fighters get named after Mike Tyson. Tyson Fury... Tyson Pedro. That's funny. That I didn't. I never put that together. That's funny. Yeah. I'm slow. Wow. It's interesting. It's cool. I like how they chose Tyson and not Mike because then, you know, I was named after Mike for Mike Tyson. But like, right. No, you weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's Mike is pretty common. Yeah. So how many Tysons are there? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Oh, look at you spitting knowledge. Yeah, my boy. All right. After that, we're finally going to the main card. Hopefully, it's not 10 o'clock. I don't know what time this card starts. Oh, it's in Australia. Ooh, my ears just started ringing. So, this uh, is probably an early card, isn't it? No, it's, it's uh, 9 p.m. Central Time. So, it, it's a normal starting card. In Australia, it'll be like four in the morning Sunday, but they're fighting at that time in Australia. Yep. What the fuck? There's some that's some weird times. Like this last week's fight with Derek Lewis, the main event wasn't over till like two a.m. I was like, what? The so fuck? I think they did that one because that oh, card was supposed people? to be it was supposed to be in Korea. That's why there were so many Korean fighters. It was the the finals to that tournament, yeah. too. So, I didn't realize that. So I think they had that time slot because it would be early morning for, for, for the Koreas. Yeah. yeah. And the Eastern areas. The Asias, we'll call it. Lump them all together. I, I just... Uh, me, me being a fighter, just I, I just can't imagine having a fight in the middle of the night like that, like 1 a.m., the main fight at 4 a.m. Or, uh, you know, I can see, like, fighting in the morning at, like, 7 a.m., 10 a.m. That'd be kind of cool to wake up and fight like that. But, like, uh, in the middle of the night, it would it would seem really weird to me. You know, when we interview our fighters, we never ask them if they train – like if they know around what time they're supposed to be fighting, so if they start training at that time or how they adjust to it, because oh. it's a good question for our next interview. I like it for sure. I like it. Let's let's ask that. Yeah. Anyway, back to the card. Main card: Jimmy Crude versus Alonzo Menafield. Jimmy Crude ain't no joke, man. Five KOs, four subs. Australian. 
He's a BJJ black belt. He's a judo green belt, man. He's got them throws, man. Some of them dudes in judo are badass. Like, <laughs> they'll they'll make you do a flip when they throw you. <laughs> yeah. Damn, the, the, the world just spin, and I, I'm on my ass, and I don't even know what the fuck happened, and everybody's pointing and laughing at me now. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Anyway, Dana White Contender Series. Alonzo, he's got 10 KOs, two subs, he's a Muay Thai fighter. He was a collegiate football player and track and field. He's also from Dana White Contender Series. Plus, he fought in the LFA, the RFA, and Bellator. Man, this dude has a ton of experience. Uh, big, swole-looking dude. Uh, he looks ready to go, honestly. Like... If I was fighting him, I'd be kind of intimidated just just by how he looks. But I'm not a professional UFC fighter. Uh, you know, even with all that experience and the 10 KOs, I, um, I think Jimmy Crude's the favorite. And I, I think Jimmy's going to get this win. He's from Australia. Uh, I, th I think he's going to be able to take anything Alonzo has. You just got to be careful. He's got to be smart. Uh, I think Jimmy Crew likes to kind of stand and bang. He just got to be smart, use his technical abilities, and, and fight a smart MMA fight and not end up just trying to stand and bang with Alonzo. And he very well can win this fight easily, I think. Interesting. Yeah. Alonzo Minifield is the underdog. He's a plus one ninety five to Jimmy Crute's minus two thirty. It's not that bad. Uh, it's it's an interesting test for Alonzo, um, and it's a rebound fight for Jimmy. Jimmy Crute, his three losses have all came to top seven or higher. Fight. We'll yeah. say top ten UFC fighters. Uh, Alonzo is a more powerful puncher. And he has a slight reach advantage. And, Crew, you know, like you said, Crew has that advantage of grappling. If he uses it, he can easily win. And also, if he goes for leg kicks, because Alonzo Minifield, remember he lost to Khalil Roundtree, and yeah. Khalil just tore up those legs. Pulled him up. That's and right. Alonzo is an athlete first. Football, track and field. So explosiveness is his key. And if Jimmy can take that away, it's going to be an easy night for Jimmy Crute. But I'm going with the underdog on this one. I'm going to say Alonzo Minifield's going to get it done. Nice. I like it. I, I, guess, I, guess, I, had, I guess I had a hard time picking Alonzo. Just because, like you said, I see him more as an athlete and not a fighter. It's like, you know, he was a collegiate football player, did track and field, and uh, he, he didn't become a pro football player, so he's kind of just looking for a way to continue his athletic career to be an athlete, so he became a fighter. It's where I see Jimmy Crude as a fighter. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at OSP. <laughs> uh, yeah, that doesn't mean he's going to win, or that doesn't mean he's not good. Right, OSP is an insane athlete, but he's a great fighter as well. Yeah, so. yeah that one was tough for me. Um, I just know with Jimmy's, you know, history, right? With Jimmy's past, he had trouble against, you know, Jamil Hill, Anthony Smith, fighters right. like that style. And Alonzo Minifield is very similar, similar to the... Yeah, the yeah. style, like the tall and so. Right. But that one is a great fight to start the card, like the main card. Right, right. And this next fight. Should be on the <laughs> it's, uh, I love, Should be I, on the fucking prelims. Yeah, yes. I, I love the name. <laughs> we got Justin Taffa versus Parker Porter. All right, so Taffa is he's only five and three, which is crazy for being yeah. a heavyweight male. You know, typically you could see like females with that type of record because it is essentially newer. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. But for heavyweights, you usually don't see a an eight fight veteran who's been in the UFC since he was th- had three fights. So he's had five fights in the UFC. He has massive power. One thing Tafa doesn't have is cardio. And <laughs> if he doesn't get you out within the first you know six seven minutes of the fight, you got nothing to worry about. And Parker Porter, he's 12 and 7, and he seems to allow himself, you know, that three round fight, like game plan. Paces himself the first round, and then he slowly starts to pick it up, and he can go a full 15 minutes. And I think if he can weather the storm, then he has a chance. But. Justin Taffa has never lost in New Zealand or Australia. And I think it stays that way. I'm going to say Taffa's going to catch Parker in the first round and get it done. Nice, nice. Yeah, Justin's got five KOs. He's a BJJ blue belt. He's the XFC champ. He has lost three times in the UFC. I think he really needs this win. So, yeah, being from New Zealand, Australia, he's going to be coming hard. Parker Porter, man, I'm just not that big on him. He's got five KOs, three subs. He's a BJJ brown belt. He fought in Bellator, plus a ton of other leagues. I just, I don't know, man. I just, there's some people who really like Parker Porter, but I'm just not that big on him. I think he's kind of a bum, in my opinion. I hate to say that. I don't think this fight belongs on the main card. I really don't, man. I just don't understand. I mean, I, I, uh, why he gets the attention he does. I really don't. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something there that I'm not seeing uh, that I'm overlooking. But Parker Porter loses to all the big guys, uh, you know. Um, I think Justin's going to win this fight. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, that one wasn't fun to look up. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not big on Parker Porter. I don't know. He hasn't done anything to, like, you know, impress or catch the eye. He's he's not yeah. a heavyweight fighter, in a sense, for, like, the right. fans, you know. And he looks sloppy. Like yeah. He's got a belly. Um he just kind of slings and hopes it lands, and you know. But he he can he can't go the distance, so that's yeah. that is thing for for you know being a heavyweight. He got absolutely train railed by Halton Almeida, <laughs> ran through him in like a minute and a half, two minutes, or something like that. Uh, there's a couple other guys. Uh, the other guy, Josh. What's his name from uh, Minnesota? Josh uh, uh, Scorpion fighting system in in Michigan. Josh starts with a P, I think. Uh, Paris, uh, Josh Parisian. Parisian, yeah. Josh Parisian. Uh, Chase Sermon. Yeah, yeah. You know, he hasn't really fought anybody. Worth worth naming. Josh Parisian is probably one of the best fighters he fought, and uh, uh, Josh isn't that great high caliber fighter himself. But he's he is a great fighter. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Josh fight again in the UFC actually. But we'll move on to the next fight. Jack Della Mandala versus Randy Brown. Man, Jack, 11 KOs, one sub. He's a BJJ brown belt. He's from Australia. He's the eternal MMA champ. He fought in Cage Warriors, which is like Britain's number one MMA fight fighting club, if you haven't heard of Cage Warriors. You don't know that much about MMA. Sleeping under a rock. There's, yeah, there's a lot of people that just watch the UFC, that just watch the Bellator. But, you know, like I have UFC Fight Pass, so I'm familiar with a lot of these other events because I like to watch all these fighters. So by the time they get to the UFC, I can say, oh, yeah, I've heard of him. I've seen this dude fight, you know. Uh, there's you know, that, That's why I like to watch the, the 
the smaller cards. Randy Brown, man, six KOs, five subs, BJJ Brown Belt. He was the Ring of Combat champ. He's on a four-fight win streak. Um, I think this has a potential to be a really good fight. Um, man, even though Jack's from Australia and it's an Australian card, I really think Randy Brown is going to win this fight. I went against Randy Brown last time, and until he loses and loses decisively, I'm probably going to keep picking Randy Brown. Uh, Randy Brown is on a tear right now. He's hot. I think he really wants it. I, I think he's trying to make a run. He's trying to do it for real. Um, I think Randy's going to win. You know, this is going to be a great fight. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, it probably won't be fight of the night, but it, it should be. It could be. Uh, yeah, both fighters are brown belts in BJJ, and you know Jack has the edge in striking. One thing with Randy Brown is if, even though he's considered somewhat of a counter striker, if he gets caught on that back foot, he tends to not pull the trigger. He waits for the right shot instead of just trying to. Change, like switch the momentum yeah. uh, with Jack being more of a pressure fighter that could cause a little issue for Randy Brown to, to capitalize but when if Randy gets you to the ground he's kind of like Aljamain Sterling like if he gets you to the ground he's keeping you on the ground right and yeah. you know his his win streak in the welterweight division is nothing to be laughed at that's amazing especially with how the division is going now uh i like randy but if he gets hesitant i could see jack winning initially i chose jack but i've had time to think i i agree i think randy's gonna get it done i just five inch reach advantage is gonna be helpful and I don't know. I can't yeah, go against I, no, Randy I, right I, now. I I was kind of like you and picking. I'm like, you know, Jack's Australian fighter. Like, dude, I don't know. He does have a. Uh, I think he does have better striking as well. But Randy Brown is good striking too. And I just, I just, I just saw something in Randy Brown in that last fight that I'm like, yeah, Randy and, Brown. And Randy Brown has like the unique, unconventional striking. Yeah. Like. He's he's not loopy, but he's not technical. Right, right. It, yeah. It, and he came from uh, looking for a fight, didn't he? I'm not sure. I think I he know. did with because uh, he fought uh, Mickey Gall, and Mickey Gall came from it. And I'm pretty sure Randy Brown came from looking for a fight too. That's cool. He's the only one that's doing well. I mean, Mickey's not doing too bad, but... He's lost quite a few times in the UFC, but I think he's had, like, four losses in the UFC, but they're kind of... Like, he, he'll lose, and he'll win a couple of times, and he'll yeah. lose, and he'll win a couple of times. But the bad thing with Mickey is he came in the UFC 1-0, and fought, you know, CM Punk. He didn't really build. I, I honestly think that ruined his career, man. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah it, it's hard to slow build a fighter, especially at one and zero. Look at you know Sage Northcote is another one. Yeah, yeah, great example for sure. Yep. All right, next fight. You ready for it? Because we're in the co-main event, the interim featherweight championship of the world. We got Yair Rodriguez versus Josh Emmett. So, like I said, this is for the interim title. Uh, both fighters are deserving, which also interesting because number two versus number five, but that doesn't matter. So, did, um, did Volk vacate the belt? So, or no. Why, I, I, I can't remember why it's the interim title. Uh, it's an interim title because if Volk loses, they're going to have to... You know, get 
get the crowd wanting to watch it. So, but if Volk wins, he'll most likely vacate. So, that's what makes this fight interesting is, yes, it's for the interim, but it could also be for the undisputed. It really depends how the main event goes. Right. Which, that's another, that's going to be a fun one to talk about. Yeah. So, Yair, he's a flashy striker, but he's, you know, had issues earlier in his career with wrestling, a la Frankie Edgar. Uh, he did, you know, beat Brian Ortega, and that gave him this. Which uh, is pretty notable. Yeah. He got the win. It's in the records as a win. Yair Rodriguez has fought a lot tougher competition than Josh Emmett. Uh, really, the only big name that Josh Emmett has fought in his like, toughest fight would be Calvin Cater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Josh Emmett's from Team Alpha Male. So we know wrestling, and he's, uh, I believe, NAIA wrestler. Yeah. Like a Juco yeah. wrestler. International so, collegiate wrestling. Yeah. That's what so we know he can wrestle, but he likes to strike and he likes to stand and bang. All day. If he stands and bangs with Yair and his. Yair's flashiness, you know, the karate style, it's going to be an issue. This fight, go either way. I think if Emmett, Emmett can get it done, but he's got to wrestle. I think if he stands and bangs, Yair's going to get it done. I also think that the winner of this fight will fight Holloway because uh, or Volkanovski, but I think Holloway. I like Ooh, I like that. I like that. And I uh-huh. think they put these two fights on the same card so they can, you know, move because the healing timetable would put them around the same like summer for each other. Sure, so, that makes sense. Yeah, but I, I don't know. This one's really hard to pick. It is. It is. I'm glad you got to go first. <laughs> And I wrote down Emmett, but I really like Yair. He's he's kind of the underdog. I mean, he is the underdog. Or no, I'm sorry, he's the favorite, which... But... <laughs> five years ago, when he joined the UFC, if you told me he'd be fighting for the title, I'd be like, yeah, right. Right, yeah. So, yeah. I'm gonna... I'm gonna stick with my heart. I just, I f- something says that Yair's going to get it done. Nice. Yeah, bro, Yair, man. Five KOs, three subs. He's a Taekwondo black belt. That's where all that flashy stuff comes in. Taekwondo is known for its flashy, creative kicks. And it's hard to train for. Hard, super hard. Yeah. Uh, they're very, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's not... A usual like like Leoto Machida was hard, a hard style to train for. Mm. Yair similar hard style to train for. Yair has six bonuses on bonus. Uh, that's that's fucking three hundred thousand dollars in bonuses. This man has gotten. You know that's fucking crazy to me when you think about it like that. He was the tough Latin American winner. That's where he came from. Josh Emmett, like you said, he's that collegiate wrestler, BJJ Purple Belt, six KOs, two subs, team alpha male. Uh, I think his most notable win is Calvin Cater. Uh, some people think that that Cater's striking is better than Yair's. Uh, and Josh is going to absolutely win this fight. He doesn't even need to use his takedowns. He can just stand and bang. To me, Josh takes a lot of damage in his fights, though. Like, there's a lot of pictures of him bloody banged up. Yeah. Uh, He's got that old school style. Like, for sure. Straight up old school mentality. Yeah. Uh, bangs it out. Doesn't give a fuck about taking the damage. Definitely going to have CTE, if not already. Um it's hard to to pick, but like uh, you know, it, it's crazy. Like De- Josh definitely deserves to be fighting for the interim title. Um, definitely, 
he's got so much heart and it's just uh i think that's only gonna go so far though um especially at the top level in the ufc i mean he's he's got a ton of talent but i i think you're right i think yeah you're just gonna win this fight um i very i can see josh winning it but if Josh wins it, it'll be, you know, a five-round fight and a win by decision, most likely. Um, I can see a year finish in this fight, though, honestly. Uh, so. Josh has, he's got that uh, pressure style where he just head down, you know, moves, moves forward, forward. And throws punches, yep. and... Remember, Yair was losing to Korean Zombie until 4 minutes, 59 seconds in the fifth round, and he uh -oh. did that spinning elbow Yo. as a counter strike. And I just think the flashiness with the counter striking, the counter striking is what's going to go so far in this fight because Emmett's a pressure fighter, and you just wait for it to come to you. And so that's what makes this fight really tough he's gonna find his moment though yeah that's yeah what... i forgot about that spinning elbow yeah Man, that was sick dude yeah 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 you're you're getting the win interim champ love to see him fight holloway love to see him fight Bolganowski. that's a great matchup i mean for either one of those guys josh emmett you know uh my heart kind of in the background is rooted for Josh just because, I don't know, I, I feel like I kind of relate to him in his fighting style a little bit in his heart. And everybody, everybody counted, has counted Josh out. Not everybody, but like not in this fight. Uh, after his cater win, people are like, Josh Emmett is the real deal. But I think Josh Emmett gets counted out a lot. Like in the Cater fight, nobody had him winning that fight. Yeah. Nobody thought he was going to win that fight. So you never know. Yeah, I, I think a little of it has to do with uh, he hasn't really fought like the big name guys like Yair has. Right. And it's nothing on, you know, Emmett. It's the matchmakers, really. He, yeah, but, he didn't pick who he fought. Yeah. Yeah. Like when Yair fought Frankie Edgar. No one wanted that. Right. And it went, it went exactly how everyone expected. And Yair's wrestling has gotten way better, but still, you know, so it'll be interesting on what Josh Emmett will do. Yeah, yeah. It definitely deserves co-main event, though, for oh, sure. Yeah. This next fight, oh, man. I'm glad you go first. Oh, yeah. We have champ versus champ, main event. It's going to be at 7 in the morning in Australia. <laughs> Such a weird time. Man, Islam is the lightweight champ. He just won the belt from Charles Oliveira. Four KOs, 11 subs. He's a Sambo master. Uh, if you know anything about Islam, you know his game plan. He's looking to take you down. He's looking to finish you. It doesn't mean he can't strike. It just means it's not what he's the best at. I mean, Sambo. Sambo is like the. Uh, it's, they're starting to really get known in the UFC. You know, Sambo. Uh, there's even some talks that like, hey, Sambo is just as good, if not better, than jujitsu. You know, yeah. obviously they're very similar. You know. Um, Y'all almost could even call him the same thing, just a different language. Yep. Not 100%, but very close, honestly. Alexander Volkanovsky, he's the featherweight champ. That's 145 pounds. He's got 12 KOs, three subs. He's from City Kickboxing. He's a BJJ black belt. He's fought at 45. He's fought at 55. He fought at 70. He was the welterweight champ in another organization. Um, he's fought at 55 plenty of times. He's moved back and forth between the two weight classes uh, before he was in the UFC. I'm not sure if he did that in the UFC or not too. But... No. Not in the no, UFC. Okay. 
Yeah, not in the UFC. So he's fought at 55 a ton of times. So he's comfortable there. He knows what it's like. Um, so I think he's he's very well deserving of fighting for the 55 titles as well uh, right away. A lot of people like to think like, oh, he should have to prove himself at 55. But he's already done that. Plus, he is completely dominated the featherweight i mean he beat max holloway three times if you if you look at his strength of schedule he's fought the who's who of mma in the featherweight division you know um this this is gonna be a great fight in my opinion uh i think it's another one of those fights it's whose game plan is gonna work the best uh islam is probably gonna be going straight for takedown but Okanowski is the takedown defense master, man. Uh, he has really, really good takedown defense. And um, I think he's going to have to use it. You know, he's going to need it Saturday night. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going with Okanowski. I think he's going to be a double champ. Uh, I think Islam's one and done. He's not going to defend the title. Uh, I think it's going to be a rough night. I think it's going to be a great fight. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to see what happens. But I think Alex is going to win. You know, it's so hard for me to pick, like to break this one down and to pick because we still don't know that much about Islam. We know what right. everyone says, like, you know, his gym, like, oh, he's Khabib 2.0, he's better than Habib in striking. He did handle Oliveira with relative ease. Mm, uh, for sure. No one expected yeah. that. No, and, yeah. And to that date, you know, Oliveira was his toughest challenge. Well, now it's Volkanovski's his toughest challenge. With When Habib was, you know, coming up, we all knew who Habib was. Right. We knew he was a monster. And with Islam, we hear he's a monster. Yes. Volkanovski is very, very bottom heavy. I mean, he was with the 214 pounds when he played in the rugby. Right. And so that raises the question, will Islam be able to get him down? We know, you know, Sambo and Dagestani chain wrestling is one impossible to train for because they have so many levels they could start with your pinky toe and get all the way up to your pinky finger before mm -hmm. you even realize and then you're on the ground right so the the chain wrestling is a plus but with Volkanovski's just pure strength and he's basically a boulder with legs and arms right. yeah dude he's <laughs> rock solid yeah, yeah. And he's got massive leg kicks. Now, yeah. the question is, you know, people try leg kicking Habib, what do he do? Just take him down. Take you down. So, can, is Islam going to be able to do that with Volkanovski? Or is Volkanovski going to be able to pepper that leg enough to make Islam not effective on the takedowns? Uh, Islam's one loss is in the UFC. It was a TKO. After that happened, they completely turned his game plans around to the safe fighter that he is now. Yeah. And it per works perfect for him. Volkanovski's one loss, I want to say it was before the UFC, but I want to say it was a submission. Both fighters have great cardio. I see this going five full rounds. I I mean, Volkanovski could knock him out. He he has the power. And the For question sure. of, is his power going to translate? Obviously. Uh, Volkanovski always trains with heavier fighters. He's said that. Uh, Islam probably walks around at 200 pounds like Habib did. But... We know Volkanovski's strong. Is he Sambo strong? If Islam can get him down, can Volkanovski get back up? Because right. we thought Oliviera, like, oh, if he gets down, he'll just submit him. And it's it's like the smush blanket, you know. 
It's on you. It's on. I mean, Volkanovski did did well against Brian Ortega, who almost submitted him. Yeah, he, like, he did Aaron, great. Anybody else would have tapped to that, yeah. you know, that guillotine. Like, I thought he was going to tap. Like, so, uh, you know, he, he has shown his ground game, and he, he can survive down there. But like you said, just surviving isn't the same as getting back up. Like, yeah, yeah. you can survive, but... You're still gonna lose surviving the fight. Yeah, you know, and, you know, Ortega got him down and got him caught once. What if is Islam gonna be able to do that five times? Right. He only needs one takedown around if he can keep you down. Yeah, I just don't know if I can. I don't have. We don't have enough to say Islam is you know the real deal because if this was Habib versus Volkanovski. Easy, a beeb all the way. Third round finish. Right. But we, we just we haven't seen it in fight. So I'm with you. Not only yeah. and not only is the title online, pound for pound number one versus pound for pound number two. Right. And so I I wanna say Islam. I do. But I I can't be on the hype train. You gotta show me something. If yeah, he walks I, through Volkanovski like he did Oliveira, I will not pick against him for a while. Right, but right. right now, I think Volkanovski is gonna. I think he's gonna get his hand raised because we know more about his style, and just look at him. It's like a yeah. Greek statue. I think if he starts landing a few shots on Islam, he's going to totally throw his game plan off. Yeah, and Islam's but, never it, been hit hard since he got KO'd. Right, right. And I think people, yeah, people haven't seen that. And, yeah, if – if and, and Volk's really good at stopping the takedowns. Mm-hmm. So if he can stop the takedown, land a couple of shots – I think Islam's not going to know what to do next, especially if he does it three or four times. Like you said, that chain wrestling could get him, but I'm sure Volkanovski is well-trained and well-prepared. He knows exactly what Islam wants to do. He yeah. knows he wants to take him to the ground. And if he does, he, he knows he needs to get back up right away and not mess around and stay on the ground and try and play with him, you know? Yeah. I don't think I could see this fight as being a very boring technical chess match because we know yeah. Volkanovski knows he's Islam's going to go for the takedowns and we know Islam knows that Volkanovski is going to try to counter on those takedowns. So there's going to I feel like there's going to be a lot of lull periods. Also, Habib recently said that he retired from the corner. So is he not cornering Islam anymore? I, I heard he wasn't going to be cornering him. So what does that do for Islam? Yeah, yeah. He might, I, could, I could mess with his head. Khabib not being there. Well, not being able to get advice from him in between rounds. Yeah. I mean, Javier Mendez, you know, obviously trained both of them, so he knows, but... Hearing it from you know Habib, his brother is so that's it's gonna be a good one. Yeah, I I don't it, I don't think it'll play out like uh, Thug Rose and Carla Esparza, but no. you're right. We could see some kind of some feel out moments. Yeah. Um, a lot more. I think the uh, first round and the fourth round will be the two feel outs. And I say the fourth round because if it makes it there, they're both going to be like, how tired are you? Now what should I do? Yeah. 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 I like that. Well, hello. Uh Uh-oh. Good morning. (laughs) Yeah. Man. I'm excited for these fights. I know you are. I can't wait to watch them. Uh, Hopefully it won't. Be a two in the morning man event. Yeah. And I have to watch it the next morning, like I did this past Saturday. Yeah. But I doubt it, man. Derek Lewis, man, on that three fight skid. I feel for him, man. I do too. But is his heart in it anymore, or is he just doing it to collect? 
Sure doesn't seem like it to me, man. Yeah. Seems like, you know, he just got on the ground and was just like, alright, fuck it. You know, like, he didn't even try to get back up. Maybe he did it and I just didn't see it, but... I didn't see it. He got steamrolled. Like, yeah, it seems like he could have fucking jumped up. He could have tried to jump up, but you, you never know, you know? Yeah. I get it, you know? I, I understand, you know? Sergi's Sergi's a fucking beast. He's probably like, fuck this, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We will see y'all this Saturday evening. Man, let us know what you think in the comments. If you like us, if you hate us, if you think we're full of shit, if you think that $10,000 I won last year isn't real, let us know, I can prove it. Man, two dudes in a cage, we are out here. UFC 284, we're growing, we're getting bigger. Like us, subscribe us, we're trying to get to that thousand subscribers and more. Uh, to infinity and beyond, baby. What you got, Matt? Comment below. Let us know your picks. Yeah, yeah. Let us know what you think. I like that. Yeah, who's gonna win? Two dudes and a cage. <laughs> <laughs>